BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back once again. Starting 502 Podcast, powered by the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Presley Meyer here alongside you, as always. Just wanted to get back into the studio, into the mobile studio, and discuss with you guys where we've kind of left off since the last time that Nick and I talked to you. Kenny Payne contract finally finalized. Louisville uh, starting a new era under the Kenny Payne regime. A lot of excitement surrounding that as well. Uh, so we want to dive into that. want to dive into some of these contract negotiations, maybe a little recruiting, and, and just talk about what things are going to be like going forward, uh, heading into the 2022-23 season. So let's get started, shall we? Things have settled down now that Kenny Payne's officially hired, that we know the terms of his contract, that everything finally finalized, that he had his opening press conference and and everything else that came along with that. Uh, now that everybody's gotten their opinions out and their immediate reactions and stuff, we've let the dust settle just a little bit, and I think that you know we can look back at this hire and be super appreciative of exactly how everything went down, uh, how the coaching surge was kept under wraps how there was no information leaked or anything like that you know every everything was kept in-house everything was done the correct way and and and, and if you have an opinion about the Kenny Payne hire at this point 
it honestly doesn't matter. And I mean, Kenny Payne said that himself in his introductory press conference. It, it, it doesn't matter at this point. I mean, people are going to be upset and have their opinions. But I think as a fan base, if you're, tr- if you're truly a fan of this program, and again, there are some people who want to get more political about it than others, and there's some people who want to hear the, have their voice heard still, and that's totally fine. But I think it's time to, to get behind this guy, whether you like it or not. And it seems like it's a very favorable, favorable hire um, in the eyes of most Louisville basketball fans. But I think it's time to get behind Kenny Payne. I think it's time to go all in and, and be completely on the pain train. The thing that excites me the most is is what Louisville is already accomplishing on the recruiting trail. Obviously, a lot of people are decommitting, and that's just natural when the coaching carousel starts to kick back up at the end of the season. Uh, that's pretty natural in and of itself. But I'm excited to see uh, what Louisville can get done in this offseason on the recruiting trail, especially when this transfer portal opens up, and see if Louisville can get a big name that's out there on the market. The the, the one thing that stands out to me, though, is, is how Louisville negotiated the Chris Mack buyout and then kind of leveraged that to come out pretty much even with the Kenny Payne contract. So let's break this down just a little bit. So Chris Mack was owed $12 million initially in his buyout. Louisville negotiated that down to $4.8 million, right? Uh, additionally, in Chris Mack's contract, he was making a base of $4 million last year, and that was to increase by $250,000 per year uh, starting in 2021. So this coming year, he was due to make $4.25 million. The, the year after that, $4.5 million. And the year after that, $4.75 million. So he was due to have $250,000 raise uh, each year, right? Okay, so if you add that up, and then you add up what Louisville is actually spent. Louisville was to owe Chris Mack $13.5 million over the next three years. Uh, instead, they paid him $4.8 million. Um, and over the next three years, at, with the Kenny Payne contract, he'll be making $3.35 million a year. They're going to pay right at around $14.85 million. If you look over the next four years, assuming that that uh, Chris Mack's contract would have been extended and he say he was making that $4.75 million. Over the next four years, Louisville is essentially going to come out even in all of this. Uh, so I think that's a huge win for the university uh, that, that Louisville was, was able to uh, negotiate Chris Mack down in his contract and then ultimately they were a- able to come out even uh, in, in the long term. Uh, I think that's a massive thing that, that nobody's really talked about yet, but I think that's huge. I mean, it is rare in this day and age that you get rid of a, a big name coach at, at a at a top tier university, and then you're able to over over the course of the next few years, uh, essentially not have to pay any more money than you were set to have budgeted out. I think that's major. And, and then in Kenny Payne's contract, obviously, Josh Hurd has has done things a little bit differently. Um, he did things differently with the interim head coaching position and and he's done things differently with this hire Louisville's coaches it appears under Josh Hurd are are going to make have a lot more incentives for for accomplishments over their career and I know Tom Jarrett tried to do this quite a bit as well but it really feels like he's trying to work this into their contracts where how much they make is based on the success of the university and I think that's crucial in a time where, you know, as I've talked about, Louisville's a bit cash poor right now. So they, that will not be the case in, say, four years when Kenny Payne is trying to renegotiate a contract. 
um, if, if Louisville has, you know, made made some deep runs in the NCAA tournament or, you know, if, if the fan attendance is back up as we kind of expected to be. So that's one thing to think about uh, going forward is, is just that Louisville financially has put itself in a really good situation given that they had uh, their worst season of college basketball uh, in 60 or 70 years last season. And additionally, that, that attendance was the worst that it's been in, in, in my lifetime. Coming on off the heels of COVID and everything else that, that's happened over the last few years, I, I think that's a major, major win for the university. And, and, and more than anything, more than you know, getting into the press conference or anything else, I think that's the most exciting thing for me uh, is that Louisville can feel comfortable uh, going into this season financially. I think that's a huge, huge thing. One thing that I feel needs to be touched very briefly on, but cannot be understated, I'll say that in the same breath, cannot be understated, the juxtaposition between the Kenny Payne introductory press conference and the Chris Mack introductory press conference. It's really hard to not do well in an introductory press conference, so I won't say that I was super inspired by Chris Mack over Kenny Payne's, over Rick Bettino's. I thought that Chris Mack did a great job. Um, I will always remember the line where he said, the darkest clouds elicit the brightest lightning bolts. Ultimately, you know, that his phrasing and, and his, the goal that he had in mind at that press conference, obviously none of that came to fruition. Obviously he just simply was not a good fit. But I think there is something to be said about the juxtaposition between Mac and Payne. Chris Mack said, you know, this was his dream job. Chris Mack said that, I'm not going to say that it was about Chris Mack, but I think oftentimes, you know, I listen to Archie Miller's introductory press conference at Rhode Island because I'm a weirdo and I'm into college basketball and I think that Archie Miller is a crazy person. So I do that kind of stuff from time to time. And, and Archie Miller's very much reminded me of, of Chris Mack's and most college basketball coaches in the sense that it's very much about my accomplishments and this is how I got here and I couldn't have done it without you guys but you know this was me and blah 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 Kenny Payne's was very unique in the sense that he made sure that he placed an emphasis on number one he did not make the decision or take it lightly although he's a good fit there he wanted to make sure that that there are a lot of boxes checked so I thought that was interesting. And, and, and secondly, he really emphasized that it was not about him and that he needed everybody in the community to really, to really help bolster this program and to help lift him up in hard times. And I think that that's something that Chris Mack needed, uh, especially in his later days. And, and he, instead of inspiring people to ultimately help and, and, and step up and, and you know bring the program confidence... I think that things very quickly crumbled under Chris Mack because it was his way or the highway. And that's not to say that he didn't, you know, try different ways to to do things by letting go of assistant coaches and clearing out the roster and blah blah blah. It's not that he didn't try to do that, but it was that it was very Mac centric. And I think that Kenny Payne understands that the reason why the Chris Mack era failed was because he couldn't get anybody behind him. And ultimately, Kenny Payne says that he took this job because of the people in this community, and he's gonna need the help of those people in this community to, to ultimately get the program back to where it needs to be. And I think that's something that was never explicitly said from Chris Mack. So 
it's something that's fascinating to me it's something to to watch out for obviously we won't see Kenny Payne coach a game as a head college basketball coach for six months it's going to be a waiting game it's going to be something that we don't see today but we're going to start seeing if Kenny Payne kind of lives up to kind of the expectations that he set and if and how much he truly falls back on on the community on the people that are around him helping him out I just thought it was fascinating though it's not that any coach doesn't think that his supporting cast is super helpful, but the fact that he never once made any of it about himself. It was about his fellow teammates. It was about his coaches coming up. It was about the people that he talked to that, that kind of nudged him over the edge to, to take the Louisville job. It was about his family. It was about what he thought that he could bring to the program more as a figurehead, as a representative of the community than just himself and i really thought that that was the main takeaway from the entire pressers that ultimately in his eyes at least that's the the message that he wanted to get across uh, was that it wasn't about him it's about all of us and i think that that's that's really important and i also think that that hits home with a lot of Louisville fans because that's not something that anybody has even come remotely close to saying since maybe the Denny Crum days. So something to watch out for as we move forward. The other thing that you have to get into when you're talking about Kenny Payne, when you're talking about a new era of Louisville basketball, with the way that basketball is set up now, and I, I will be the first to admit that I was probably 100% wrong. Uh, when I wrote an article at the, I guess, beginning of this basketball season, there were kind of murmurings, rumors, what have you, of Chris Mack kind of being on the hot seat going into this season. And so I think that's when he was suspended to start the season, and then and then all of a sudden Louisville is just kind of crapping its pants a little bit. Like the hatred and the vitriol that began to, to come um, what was, was very much real because I think that a lot of people were already done with, with the Chris Mack era to, at the end of last year. Uh, people don't take too kindly to, to missing NCAA tournaments around here, Espe especially to just the way that this that the season ended last year, the way that there wasn't a ton of, of hope and, and optimism coming in, into this season. I kind of put out there that I believe that uh, if if Chris Mack were to go because of the cloud of the NCAA and and because of just the state of the program as a whole, I felt it wasn't the time to get rid of him because I didn't think that Louisville would be able to land anybody that would inspire confidence enough to, to land solid recruits or, or anything of that nature. But, but things have changed. It's not moving the goalpost necessarily, but you know, I, I initially had said that I thought that it was probably a five, 10 year rebuild even uh, for Louisville to get back to, to where fans expected to be if you get rid of Chris Mack. Uh, but, but some things changed. Number one, Louisville was not good this year, so that's that's the first thing that w was kind of not expected. Like I think the fans at least expe expected a Chris Mack coach team to go 500 this year. 13 and 19 was just not even in the the realm of possibility for any of us, right? Number two, it seems like not the NCAA cloud has not lifted, and it will not until that final ruling comes down from the IARP. But based on some of the way that things are worded now, based on things that have become legal, based on on how long it has been since since the initial ruling against 
the University of Louisville, many people were talking death penalty. We were talking two, three-year postseason bans. Uh, even, you know, Pat Forty, a, a, a local guy, very respected um, voice on this topic. Uh, even even Forty and, and some of these guys were coming out and saying, look, uh, it's going to be a heck of a rebuild because it really feels like Louisville's going to going to receive uh, a hefty postseason ban. And then, look, it, it's, it's difficult to get players to come uh, if, if they're not going to be able to play in the postseason. It's not an easy thing to do, especially at, at a place like the University of Louisville where we stake our reputation around here on our, our ability to get to and, and be successful in the postseason. Um, a lot of that has changed, though. And now that Louisville kind of has Kenny Payne in the fold, and now that the timing is sort of fortuitous uh, based on some of these recruits coming out of school, based on you know some of the recruits that, that Payne uh, knew and, and had in the fold at the University of Kentucky um, or was recruiting at UK, he has relationships. He's not that far removed um, from, from, college, from the college basketball world. Um, so I think that there is a lot of hope and optimism, even for this season, uh, for Louisville to, to ultimately land and and uh, have in the fold some pretty solid pieces. And if you look at this 2022 class, the 23 class uh, inspires a lot of optimism. But even if you look at the 2022 class, if you look at 247 Sports, which, you know, that's probably the most commonly used because of their composite rankings, uh, there's currently about 15 to 20 people now, before this even season's even ended, before all the, the coaching carousel has really... Uh, gotten into into full-on sprint right even before that uh, there, there's already 15 or 20 top 100 players that are still out there granted in this day and age you know you could have some guys that are going to go pro you could have some guys that that Louisville is not going to consider just based on on fit and, and needs and you know that all kind of depends on who's going to come back but I mean you look across you know I saw a tweet today they're they're just in the last couple of weeks there have been eight 2022 and two 2023 players who decommitted from their universities much of that having to do um, with with their coaches leaving the program no more relevant is that a scenario than at lsu will wade uh and lsu parted ways and, and essentially their entire 2022 recruiting class blew up including we have julian julian phillips johan Treor, and devin ree uh guys that are ranked 12 15th and 82nd in this class and you also have marvel allen the 18th ranked player in the 2023 class from lsu uh decommitting those are guys that that Louisville could absolutely get in, in, into the mix with uh you have robert dillingham is a 2023 guy a top 10 guy uh that was committed to nc state that's that is opted out of uh out of his commitment but but a lot of these guys were not only committed but actually you know signed with their universities and ultimately were were allowed out of their their uh, letters of intent. Yeah, Aiden Shaw and Bryce Lindsey, Missouri and South Carolina, respectively. Top 50 guy, top 200 guy. Um, but, but the two names that, that are going to interest fans the most are, are Sky Clark, a guy who was committed to UK. Very interesting timing with his decommit right around the time that Kenny Payne uh, to UofL was, was being finalized. Again, could be no relation at all, but, but Sky Clark, one of UK's top commits, uh, the 27th ranked player uh, in this class, a guy who could absolutely come in and, and play serious minutes at the University of Louisville. I think that there's there's going to be serious interest there. And, and a player that we definitely 100% know 
there's mutual interest between he and the University of Louisville's Tyrell Ward, the 36th-ranked player uh, in the class from Xavier. From Xavier, excuse me. I always, always say, I always add that extra X. Tyrell Ward from Xavier uh, is a guy who there is mutual interest already from the University of Louisville uh, and, and with, with Ward. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. I think that could ultimately be a, be a guy that ends up uh, part of this recruiting class. And then you get into names of guys who are just simply uncommitted. You have Eric Daly, who's the number 44 player in the class from out of IMG. You have Mintz, uh, a no-kill guy, uh, 53rd ranked player in the class. Uh, Anthony Black, I think that might be a G League guy, but a guy that, again, not committed. And there are quite a few of these guys out here that are, you know, still, it's still up in the air. There's no reason to say that, that Louisville can't get into some of these recruitments. I think what most people get uh, get excited about as well is is this transfer portal. And two guys that, that you know, there, there, there could be any number of, of big-name players uh, come out uh, or go into the transfer portal, including quite a few University of Louisville players that will probably ultimately find themselves at other places um, by by next by the start of next season. Uh, regardless, two names that, that I think every Louisville fan is going to want to look out for coming from the University of Kentucky. Number one is Lance Ware. Well, we talk about this Camden connection. I'll get into that in just a second. But Lance Ware, a guy who really hasn't played very much for UK, especially this season. Last season had a few more opportunities, but that was obviously a crap bum UK team. Lance Ware is a guy who developed a serious relationship with Kenny Payne, was recruited by Kenny Payne. Um, and he has that Camden connection where, uh, you know, Purvis Ellison is, is the director of basketball operations up in Camden. Camden and, and, and Kenny Payne absolutely um, has a, a very good relationship, a very solid relationship with Lance Ware. It's clearly not working out with him in Kentucky. It seems like the writing might be on the wall that there's an opportunity for Lance Ware just, you know, 80, 90 miles down the road. And another guy to, to, to keep your eye out for is Bryce Hopkins, a guy who pretty much the writing was on the wall that he was going to go to the University of Louisville heading into this season. Ultimately, at the, at the very last second, kind of made a, a U-turn and, and ultimately ended up at the University of Kentucky. Would that be controversial? Perhaps. But look, he's a solid guard, wing kind of combo, very similar to the mold of Dre Davis. And he's, look, straight up, Bryce Hopkins is a winner. He didn't play at UK because they had a, a really solid crop of talent come in at the guard positions and I, I think that he's kind of being groomed to be the next guy up um, at the University of Kentucky next season so could that be a guy that that Kenny Payne you know again has a relationship with and, and ultimately tries tries to lure lure to the 502 again there are many more names that will come out that will be in this transfer portal much bigger names than those but something to keep an eye on and as we turn our attention as well to the 2023 class that's really where we're going to see things get super interesting. You know, as, as Louisville starts recruiting in that 2023 class, by all accounts, Caleb Glenn, the lone commitment in the 2023 class, even he's more solid than ever as a commit to the University of Louisville. Uh, again, the fit, number 54 player in the class, in, in my opinion, probably the top player in the state of Kentucky, uh, Louisville male high school grad, or not graduate, excuse me, I am a Louisville Male High School graduate, so I've been very familiar with Caleb Glenn, a junior at the at, at Louisville Male High School, a guy who led his team to the Sweet 16 this season. Really, really solid player. 
a guy who absolutely has the opportunity to come in and start from day one at UofL. It seems like he is absolutely 100% bought in and on the Kenny Payne train. Um, two other guys to kind of keep a lookout for in this class. George Washington III, a guy who he plays for Cal, but he's not a Kentucky native. So he has no real, real allegiance to any school. I think a lot of people don't, don't realize that he's kind of a transplant. Could end up anywhere, but I, I would keep an eye out for George Washington III. 46th-ranked player in the class. Uh, it, it's, it is fascinating to see that Cal, of all places, has a top 50 player on, on, on their team. And Gabe Sisk, a guy who uh, most people who are familiar with, with high school basketball around the state of Kentucky, uh, Gabe Sisk kind of going in, in, into this year was a, a top 100 player. He slipped just a little bit, but he's still a very, very solid guard uh, out of Ballard. It will be interesting to see if his recruitment heats up right now. He, Louisville has shown interest in the past, the past staff. I don't know if, if that will continue. Um, but, but, but the big narrative is going to be this connection that Louisville has with, with Camden. Obviously, everybody knows that, that Milt Wagner is, is a very serious uh, probably candidate to be some part of this staff. Uh, his, his grandson, DJ Wagner, probably would be the number one player in the 2022 class and is head and shoulders above everybody else the best player in the 2023 class, a guy that will very, very seriously consider going straight to the pros if that is an option. He is currently considered a Kentucky lean. Uh, but DJ Wagner, uh, by all accounts, everybody that's in the know has immediately said, you know, this is this is a guy who it's going to be Louisville or the pros. Now that Kenny Payne is there, now that we have that, that Camden connection has come full circle. Son of Dewan Wagner, DJ Wagner, if you're not familiar, Dewan Wagner played for John Calipari at the University of Memphis. Really, really solid player will be a, a talking point for months and months to come. And we will have people on this show that will be able to kind of dive in a little bit more and have a little bit more knowledge about not only what he brings to the table, but what the recruitment is like, what kind of chance Louisville has. But right now, as soon as Kenny Payne was hired, I think that Louisville takes the top spot as the the obvious number one choice for Wagner should he choose to to play college ball somewhere. Obviously, a lot of things could happen. Obviously, Louisville hasn't been on his in on his com- recruitment for forever. But what you see is when you have great recruiters, when you have elite recruiters like Kenny Payne and like some of these these coaches that are going to be on his staff. When you have elite recruiters, it doesn't matter necessarily the length of time. Obviously, we value relationships, but DJ Wagner would be Louisville's first one and done. He, his relationships, his bonds are strong enough with this coaching staff that I think that that he would get he would not be uncomfortable at any state. Additionally, another name to look out for, that same Camden connection, a top 20 player, Aaron Bradshaw. Um, He's a big man that is teammates with DJ Wagner, and I absolutely expect him to be in in the mix, in the thick of things as well. There are a ton of of top names in 2023. It'll be interesting to see who Louisville gets really involved with. But in this 2022 class, Tyrell Ward, is the big name that I'm looking at right now as, as freshmen to come in. And then we'll be looking at what things ultimately look like uh, in, in, in the transfer portal here in the next month or so. That about wrap things up for us for right now. We will have many uh, exciting, fun guests for you guys to check out uh, here in the upcoming weeks and months. Uh, but until then, starting 502 Podcast, go Cards.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.